evening everybody and welcome once again to the Tuesday Night Live podcast. It's another extra one. I think we've only done one on a Tuesday since the term of, turn of the year, so that's going to be the story of 2019. Tuesday Night Live became Monday, Thursday, Wednesday, Saturday Night Live, whatever you want. But uh, yeah, today we are going to be doing uh, a World Snooker Championship 2019 review uh, and hopefully you'll all enjoy it. We're going to talk about the highs and lows of the tournament and pick out a few players that have surprised us for good and potentially bad reasons as well. But uh, I couldn't do this thing alone, so a good evening uh, to the one and only TIJ Gaming, music, education, whatever you want, that man has got it all. Toby, how are you this evening? Good evening, Hazel. Well, um, I'm really good. I'm uh, a little bit depressed because we've not got our snooker fill, but I think I've just about got over it now after it being Monday night. But I am very much looking forward to talking about the championship. I've not had the chance to talk about the championship with you, really, since the the end of it. So mm-hmm. good to have a discussion. Uh, good to rub some salt in the wounds about Ronnie. Uh, and also, uh, yeah, just talk about what I think was a absolutely fantastic championship mm-hmm. not quite on the commentary side because there weren't quite the, the Virgo classics that we've heard in previous years I don't know I, I think Tunup is a new uh, a new well, classic Tunup, myself. Tunup! <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no it, it wasn't quite as brilliant from the commentary side there were a few uh, dodgy bits particularly with Alan McManus every five minutes oh, uh, jingle. <laughs> <laughs> but from a snooker point of view uh, it was absolutely fantastic. And yes, we will be talking about that Brissell Wilson frame at some point, mm-hmm. as well as uh, some of the other bits. But let's get into it, shall we? Yeah, so obviously started back on the 20th of April, which seems such a long time ago it now, but it was, only, it was only really... Um... Well, it was less than three weeks ago, crazily yeah. enough. Um, I started on that 10 o'clock on the Saturday morning. We had the wonderful spine-tingling introduction from BBC, as it always is every year, um, and, and Hazel holding the trophy or some something like that. <laughs> I, I remember on the final you said that she'd, she'd won it when, when you switched it over. <laughs> it was quite funny. But uh, obviously defending champion Mark Williams opened things up against Martin Gould, and uh, I seem to remember Martin Gould got off to a, uh, an incredibly good start. Um, I think for the first frame and a half he didn't miss a ball, and uh, we were thinking, hang on here. Yeah. Are we going to have a, a, a shock on day one? But no. uh, as it turned out, Mark Williams got through uh, safely, but plenty of people didn't get through the first round. Mm. Uh, a total of, ooh, let's let's count how many seeds went out. One, two, three. One, two, three. Four. Four out of the 16 went out, so a quarter yeah. uh, of the seeds uh, left us in round one. And I, honestly, I, I don't think... The ones we expected to go went, and the ones we sort of didn't expect at all to go did go. So, yeah, where do you want to start first with this seed business? I think we possibly the Brissell Wilson one. I think that was the first, he was yeah. the first seed to go. Um, I was really shocked at that, I have to say, because I, I remember saying to you, and I think it rang true with how Gary, well Gary Wilson's done, right? Wilson played brilliantly, but. I did say to you, I think, look, if Brussel wins this match, because neither Brussel or Wilson had won a match at the Crucible three weeks ago, but of course Wilson's now won three of those now. If Brussel won that match, he would go a long way, as did Gary Wilson, and what mm-hmm. an incredible match that was. It went down to a decider. I thought, right, I'll watch this. It'll be a 20, 30-minute decider, and 
an hour and a half later, I was looking at my watch, and the commentary team were going, well, this is the longest frame now in uh, the I mean, Crucible history. I mean, arguably, if if Brussel wins that match, we might not be talking about Judd Trump as world champion right now. Yeah, You know, on. we yeah. might be talking about a four-time champion, Mark Selby, or, you know... A no. five-time champion, no. Johnny. Well, you know, <laughs> Selby could have beaten Brussel over twenty-five frames, probably. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and then you're you're looking at somebody a bit more formidable than Gary Wilson in the semi-finals. But you know, we'll talk about that a little bit later. So yeah, obviously, we had that deciding frame. Which was a, a record at the Crucible, uh, not the a record in snooker, but. Uh, Certainly the longest frame at the Crucible, and I was driving for all of it, I seem to remember. Uh, I think I got back and you were you were going off it or something in, in, yeah, in yeah, Messenger, yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of doing a running commentary of your own, which was very confusing after the event, but uh, <laughs> yeah, so obviously Gary Wilson got through that one, um, yeah. which, which, you know, we, we backed to look at Brussel, but Brussel still to get a crucible victory, but time is definitely on his side, and mm. I'm sure he will feature in the later rounds at the crucible at some point in his career. Uh, but this year it wasn't meant to be. But uh, yeah, another one of the the surprise seeds to go was Mark Allen, and and you know it sort of went under the radar. I see. I seem yeah. to think um, it probably happened very soon after one of the other big events of round one and, and sort of people forgot about it slightly but he was 7-2 down after the first session and I, I, I think I remember messaging you saying uh, oh Alan's on the way out here and, yeah. and we were both shocked at that um, but Alan but just were we? Were I, we? I, don't, I don't know it wasn't a massive shock it wasn't oh my goodness me Mark Allen's going to go out because we've talked so much about Mark Allen and how he's been off form and all that so i don't think it was a massive surprise but we didn't think he was going to go out because he got it back to i think it was i think it was nine seven was it he got it back to uh well it would have been of course it would have been uh and then <laughs> and then uh zhao yulong won the the uh, the the 17th frame to win the match and that was a yeah. big shock as you say uh in terms I, of i think a lot of people were backing it. mark allen but you know mainly from people that possibly haven't watched every tournament of the second half of the season i think mm. i think since the uk championship final uh which obviously mark allen lost to to ronnie um he then went to win the scottish open and since and, and since that he's he just, just seen, he's done it, nothing, yeah. and you know he walked out of that match Wiley Carter, of course at mm. the, the the players championship or maybe World Grand Prix I think it was actually so, yeah. um, you know maybe he's not all there a bit of a season reset I think he's had the best two years of his career he's ranked in the top six now we've seen him dominate on a snooker 19 prediction run that we've done uh, so may maybe um, he'll do it in the future but definitely needs uh, a, a bit of time off from the game I think and uh, no well done to Zhao Yulong definitely one of the uh, sort of shining lights of the tournament I would say uh, another one of the seeds was uh, in the, the match of the round I think uh, sort of on paper Jack Lazowski versus Ali Carter and I think we sort of backed this one in our prediction video yeah, we, we said we, we yeah. said that Ali Carter you know his experience would probably come through Jack Lazowski still hasn't had that victory against a, a an, another top player yet mm. um, you know not not on the biggest stage anyway uh, and obviously being thumped by Robertson in the final of the China Open um, and uh, he was beaten 13 
won, I think, uh, by Higgins in last year's World Championship. So a few scars for him and, and never really looked in the match against Ali Carter for me. Um, and, and, you know, Ali Carter went through. But the big story of round one was, of course, Sean Murphy winning 10-0. <laughs> uh, first no, Crucible whitewash. No. It, was, it was Stuart Bingham getting through against Graham Dodd. Oh, well, that was a good match as well, which yeah. I think we can we can probably touch on yeah, in no, a minute. No, come on, come on, get one. But, um, yeah, you know, the, the, uh, the, the, the Monday and Tuesday of the championship really shook it up, I think, um, with... Uh, James Cahill pulling off an absolute miracle, you might say, to beat yeah. Ronnie O'Sullivan in the first round. Uh, a very much out of sorts, Ronnie, um, by ten frames mm. to eight, and uh, yeah, it was it just sent shockwaves through the championship, and you could really feel with the atmosphere that day that it was just it just went completely flat, and it, it probably shouldn't have because an amazing thing happened. I think if Cahill beat Selby, the the atmosphere would be totally different. Or Cahill beat Trump, but because he beat Ronnie, I think people were just in complete meltdown about it. Yeah. Um, you know, people were basically engraving Ronnie's name on the trophy the the season he's had. But he just he just didn't turn up in the first round, and when he did turn up, it was too late. Um, he he played well in the sort of last four four frames or so of the match um and well, as soon as he went eight five down he started playing well uh he rattled off three frames within about half an hour back to eight all uh, and then he got to the the pink on a clearance uh, to go nine eight and i think that was the the big moment really yeah. in the match um he obviously missed the pink, lost the frame next frame gets in with a 42 goes into the pack knocks a red in and uh, James Cahill clears up. So, but who knows what could have been if Ronnie got through that match? You know, we we can talk about it at length. But the the overriding thing is Ronnie went out in round one. And what are your thoughts about that? Uh, it was a massive shock, wasn't it? We don't we don't need to say how much it was. I mean, we previewed the match and went, look, it'd be nice for James Cahill to to get to the championships, but he he won't do anything. It'll be fine. I think we were saying, well, if Ronnie when Ronnie won that match, you know, he'd get through um, against Maguire. That would be a fairly easy game. And we were we, we were talking about, and we were talking about quite at length, I remember in our preview, the massive round of 16 game that would probably um, determine where the World Championship was going. And that was between Judd Trump and Ronnie O'Sullivan. Of course, that never happened. Uh, but it was just absolutely bonkers, wasn't it? It sent shockwaves through. And I, mm-hmm. I said, uh, you know, I think you said to me that as soon as that happened, the atmosphere wasn't zapped, but it was certainly decreased in the tournament because we thought, oh, God, one of the big guns has gone. Yeah, I think it was because everybody was talking about that bottom bottom half having the likes of Selby or Sullivan, uh, Trump in there, Ding in there. You, you know, everybody was building it up as as being, you know, we're, we're going to see such fantastic matches. And, and, you know, as it transpired, it it turned out to be quite a dull quarter or half, really, of the draw mm-hmm. um, by the semi-final stage. In my opinion, yeah. anyway. But, uh, yeah, um, obviously, uh, Ronnie went out in round one. But there was there was definitely some, uh, you know, standout performances in round one that we, you, you know, we, we can look at. I think Sean Murphy was a big surprise to me yeah. uh, coming through that match 10-0 against uh, Lu Hong Hao, who, or Hong Hao, I think it might be. 
<laughs> who beat Mark Fu in, in, in qualifying. Um, yeah. You know, who's no mug. Uh, and, yeah, Sean Murphy came through that with a breeze. I think his opponent only scored something like 85 points in the whole match with a nice. high break of 25 Wow. The biggest crucible defeat ever. Um, the first whitewash since 1992. So, uh, you know, it was quite a big deal, really. But, again, it was something that was overshadowed by the whole Ronnie thing. And I think a few bit of the big stories on early in the tournament were just overshadowed by that. Um, and people seem to forget them now. Yeah, Obviously, definitely. Robertson nearly got a whitewash, as did Barry Hawkins. You know, there was a lot of really strong performances from the seeds in mm. this round. Uh, and obviously, that, that marathon match with Graham Dot and, and Bingham, where I think I was out for that as well. I don't, I, well, I de- definitely yeah, didn't see the comeback yeah. from uh, from Dottie. Um, cries, but yeah. Cries, that was. And I, I just completely lost his bottle there. I, I, I just couldn't understand what yeah. happened. He was just he was just sitting there. I mean, he lost the one frame with the frame. He's, he's just sat there and he's just looking completely dazed. And Graham Dot's just knocking all the balls. And I thought he's going to do him here. And then the last frame, Bingham just starts playing well. And Graham Dot's head just, oh dear. I, I felt so sorry for Graham Dot at the time. Because to pull it from 8-1 to 9-H and lose it from there... Uh huh. Yeah. I, I don't know what I'd do. It's just so horrible. Yeah. And then for Bingham to go and lose in the next round as well, uh, you know, was, mm-hmm. <laughs> was not exactly uh, the best thing. But another game I want to talk about actually, um, and it proved to be quite pivotal in where the title went, is the Trump or New game. Yeah. Yeah. Because Unnu, I think, was what was he? he, he well, he was he was six to... he was six three up, and then he yeah. I think he was eight four up, and. Um... Well, he said that Judd was going, didn't we? He said, yeah, I think Judd's going. Uh, but amazingly, it went to a decide and Judd Trump won. And that was a huge game in the championship because mm-hmm. if Judd would have gone, then rather than... To- I think if if you look at that, uh, if you look at that side of the draw, if Judd would have gone, you'd have been talking about Ding Junhui in the final, which is absolutely crazy. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, a whole number of events could have happened, you know, yeah. um, if Trump didn't make it through that decider. And from what I understand, I didn't see the decider, but he was quite lucky in it. I think uh, Unnu yeah, had, yeah. had a couple of chances. and uh, But that, that's the reality of snooker. It's a game of fractions and, you know... Trump goes out, he might never win a world championship. Trump has, in fact, won that match and won the world championship. It happened so many times in Stuttgart. I, I was telling you about it a lot in the uh, during the championship. The, the whole Martin Gould was 12-5 up against Neil Robertson in the, the 2010 second round. Neil Robertson wins 13-12 and goes on to win the championship. Something very similar with Joe Trump, arguably. Um, and it's one of those things we don't look at at the time, do we? Yeah, we don't yeah. At the uh, the relevance of it in the importance, but that was massively important. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it sounds so obvious to say, but it is a serious thing to think about. If Judd Trump was not won that game, that just the whole makeup of the tournament could have been so different. I mean, we could have been again. I, I'm, it's all about hindsight. So there's no good talk about it in length. But if David Gilbert won that match against John Higgins, and say I don't know Ali Carter got there, we could have quite seriously <laughs> had. Uh, David Gilbert Ali Carter final, which would have been mm-hmm. quite incredible, or, or equally David Gilbert against Gary Wilson. You know, that's the yeah, 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 more yeah. Uh, equal thing. But I think first round, 
Yeah, I think we're pretty much done with the first. Yeah, I think, I, the, uh, there's no, there's nothing really else to say. I, I, obviously, oh, Mark did well. I think against Higgins. Yeah, um, uh, Mark Davis well is a bit of a bogeyman for Higgins. I think yeah. he's one of the few players that Higgins has a losing head-to-head record against. So, mm-hmm. um, and obviously Zhao Zingtong was five-one up against Mark Selby. We thought we had another potential shock, shock on the way, but, it, but it, it didn't didn't happen. <laughs> Uh, Selby did, and then Danny he... Gilbert again. You know, he, the relevance of him being Joe Perry at the time was a lot. Yeah, uh, because I honestly that. expected Joe Perry to win that match. I think uh, I thought, you know, with Perry having three matches under his belt, three very comfortable matches in qualifying, uh, and David Gilbert not having picked up a cue for two weeks in a, in a match mm. sense, I thought that that would potentially be Perry's but David Gilbert again one of the shining stars of the tournament I'm sure so, somebody that we'll talk about a lot in this video but yeah we'll, we'll move on to the uh, second round now and the, you know obviously we were starting to see the effects of some of the um, the first round casualties really uh, namely in the fact that we had an all qualifier round with uh, Ali Carter and Zhao Yulong so we were guaranteed to qualify in the quarters um, and we also had James Cahill versus Stephen Maguire now Stephen Maguire should have been knocked out in round one he was 9-7 up uh, 9-7 behind sorry fluke the blue uh, in the last uh, in, in that frame and went on to win uh, in the end so we could have had a, a whole um guaranteed qualifying the semis which turned out to be the case actually but um yeah highlight of the round for me was the the two matches uh in the middle there uh john higgins versus Stuart bingham and sean murphy versus neil robertson i think two cracking matches there yeah um i think sean murphy was pretty unfortunate to run into neil robertson when he did well, I, I was surprised at how much he got beaten because the first sort of frames and the start of the match, he looked good. But then all of a sudden, something ticks. And Neil Robertson, for and I'm a big Robertson fan, but for the some parts of the season, Neil Robertson has just been going and he's unstoppable. And that's what he was against Sean Murphy, as you say. Mm-hmm. I think you have to look at the Barry Hawkins and Kyron Wilson. Yeah, that was... Um, I, you know, to be at the last 16 stage and have those three games was absolutely huge. Because, yeah. of course, you'd be guaranteed that we've the Milt Williams... Well, even Trump, match as well. Trump Ding is, is yeah. you know, a huge match for round two. Another we five of your seeds were going to go. Another yeah. five of your seeds were definitely going to go. Yeah. Um, and equally, you know, um, a lot of these, of course, ranked in the top, uh, in the top eight. But a mm. uh, good win from Robbo. Uh, again, really good. But... I don't think I was shocked by John Higgins. I think we could talk a little bit about Kyron Wilson because yeah, it was, was a massive a real match. shock. I, I think that's shock. another match that could um, have actually changed the outlook of the tournament. Barry Hawkins in that first session. Now I know I don't think you've seen it, did you? Where uh, Barry got four centuries. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, you did. Yeah, Barry yeah. was uh, incredible in that yeah. in that first session, and and I honestly seen that performance, and I was like, yeah, I want you to win the world championship. But yeah, we so, don't remember saying so, that. As soon as uh, as soon as I start supporting anyone in this championship, they seem <laughs> to get beat. You know, so uh, so sorry for that, Barry. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> He, he was he was brilliant in that match. He was six two up after the first session. Should have arguably been seven one. I, I think. Um, mm. I seem to remember he took on a bit of an ambitious blue when everything was going in, and that one didn't. And then Kyron cleaned up, and and you look at that frame to go six two rather than seven one. And the way Barry Hawkins played, I think six two was the best Kyron could get get out of that session. And 
Hey Ho, he went on to win 13-11, one of the standout performances of the tournament, I think, from Wilson there to, to come back. And uh, that that was probably the, the pick of the uh, second round matches for me. Uh, yeah. sort of in terms of quality that was brilliant the Higgins Bingham one was was quite good as well they were they were sort of nip and tuck all the way uh, but Higgins managing to just about get over the line but uh, there's probably two big stories here uh, the Mark Williams one he, he had chest pains after his first session of the Dave Gilbert match and I think he came out of that 5-3 behind um, yeah, he was, yeah. And uh, he got checkups and that. But then he was back in on the 10 o'clock on the morning. I just wonder how much sort of being up late the night before with, you know, the the stress of, of you know, having to go to hospital and yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how much that actually affected the way Williams played after that. And obviously he went out eventually 13-9 to Dave Gilbert. And I know you were disappointed that Willow was gone at that point. Yeah, massively. Um, but the fact that it wasn't as much of a shock just highlights how much the first round sent shockwaves. You know, we could be talking about at this point Mark Williams going out there being the biggest shock of the tournament, but in the grand scheme of things, it's not really that much of a shock. I don't know if it's because he didn't batter Martin Gold in the first round. Mm-hmm. You know, he there was a sense that oh, he could get beat by Gold. Uh, but once again, you know, David Gilbert, the way he got to the semis. And the plays he beats, yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's really impressive. You know, he beat Joe Perry, the snow mug. You've got the world number, well, the world, well, technically the first seeded player, not the world number one, but Defending the first champion. seeded player, yeah, um, who he beats and then beats Kyron Wilson. So it's, yeah, I mean, he it's dominated surprising. Kyron Wilson. Yeah. yeah, Wilson was nowhere in that match. He just got no response, had he? You know, yeah, could... yeah, despite coming back against Barry Hawkins, it's weird how you know the swings and roundabouts go. Really, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd, probably in all of the matches that we've seen so far from David Gilbert in in there, you would have backed the opponent yeah. uh, to win that, and and even up to the semi final, you would have said, well, well, Higgins is going to win. But you know, it. it it's it's strange how these things go. Um, mm. But the, the the other standout uh, first round match, uh, sorry, second round match for me was the the Maguire Cahill match and uh, yeah. Cahill actually you know stuck close to Maguire the first two sessions. I think he was nine seven down going into the the final session, um, and Cahill absolutely dominated the final session. And the, there was one key moment for me. In that match, I don't know if you were watching it live, but uh, Kale was getting down to play the pink, and his waistcoat touches um, yeah the red, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, you know Jan Vahas, wonderful referee, calls the foul. Steve Maguire comes to the table, clears up, and uh, all of a sudden, I think I think that was to go twelve eleven down. I think at that point, James Cahill was in control of the match. Mm. Um, and you know we 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 were saying about Cahill, and sort of however far he got in the tournament, the player that beat him must have been under some incredible pressure, because they're meant to beat him, yeah. uh, and you know he he's gone and beat Ronnie O'Sullivan in the first round. I think Stephen Maguire said he was geared up for Ronnie and and sort of fell flat going into the second round because he wasn't yeah. playing Ronnie. He was playing James Cahill and, and that was yeah. you know. Um 
But yeah, M- Maguire somehow pulled through 13-12. He played a really good deciding frame. Uh, his experience came through, and you know. But James Cahill, I'm sure, will be back, and uh, certainly won a lot of fans. I think in the tournament played very well, and <laughs> and a fair um, amount of ranking points as well. Uh, well, I, it's funny you say that, but I don't think he'll carry any of them into into next season. Well, you know, obviously you'll get fun. you'll get the prize money and stuff, but his his yeah. tour card starts. Uh, next month or whatever, mm-hmm. so I don't yeah. think those ranking points carry over, which is such a shame. Yeah, um, because yeah. that would bump him up to probably, uh, you know, thinking about it, it was about thirty grand, I think. So he'd probably be already in the mid eighties at that point, mm. which is pretty crazy. Ne- nearly a Jimmy White, but uh, <laughs> you know. So yeah, second round done. Obviously, the other big name clash was uh, Trump versus Ding and. Uh, for a long while in that match, uh, it looked like maybe Ding could beat Trump. <laughs> Again, but, unbelievably, to how, how Trump got through both of those games. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he, he could have lost that one. But what I want to highlight as well is Mark Selby. We haven't yeah, talked about yeah. Mark Selby going out. You know, Gav, yeah, no, it's, it's just Wilson. how many stories there was from this. Yeah, uh, I, I think but... genuinely, I think Gary Wilson was... I think Gary Wilson beating Mark Selby was probably as much of a shock than James Cahill beating Ronnie and I don't say yeah. that with a pinch of salt you know I I genuinely think that's the case because you know you've got Satnav Selby and, and over 25 frames you expect that his safety play will come through and he'll win the most frames which of course you need in the uh, best of match to win the match but uh, the way that Gary Wilson played was brilliant and it mm-hmm. wasn't really it, it was a close-ish match but you know Gary Wilson won by three frames it's not like well you know it, it's not like he's gone down to just you got Selby, Murphy, Bingham, Hawkins, William, uh, you know, Ronnie, uh, potentially Judge, you could have had, uh, and Mark Allen. And, and all of a sudden, the last eight starts to look like a very dissimilar last eight to what we were expecting. You know, with, I think, possibly five, maybe even six of those names being players that we wouldn't expect. You know, mm. we said that potentially even John Higgins could have been out by this point. Yeah, I mean, I mean, John had a terrible Gilbert. season. But... Yeah, you wouldn't expect Gilbert. You wouldn't expect Wilson. You wouldn't expect Carter. You certainly wouldn't expect Maguire with Ronnie in that tree. Um, and yeah, I, I think I think. Oh, you mean Gary Wilson? I guess. I thought yeah, you yeah, meant yeah. Kyron. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. No, yeah, but you just um... never expect Maguire, would you? With that, with that Ronnie tree. No, and I think the the way Maguire generally plays, I've I've spoken of this with uh, a, a few people actually. I have no idea why. Um... Stephen Maguire is is in the top sixteen. He just never seems to be at the uh, the business end of tournaments. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he he got the quarters as 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 you say. Uh, Wilson and Carter, you wouldn't have expected. Higgins has had a terrible season, but pulled it out really. Um, yeah. You would yeah, have definitely. to say. But uh, yeah, quarterfinal time, and I, I, I don't know. Looking back at them now. You know those lineups. You're thinking, oh, it's it's not that good a quarterfinal lineup, really, is it? You know? <laughs> no, no. Um, no. you know the obvious standout match is, is Higgins versus Robertson, but yeah. we expected Robertson to walk that match. Really, the way Higgins had played this season, he hadn't shown anything really special in the first two rounds. Robertson in the the last uh, four finals, um. 
played out, I played um, brilliantly to do that. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, in the quarterfinals, John Higgins pulls out his old form. Mm. It was a surprise, but it wasn't a massive one. I'd, I, 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 okay, fair enough. With um, maybe expecting him to, to to win the match, I wouldn't say walk it because that's a massively incredible type with mm, John Higgins. Mm-hmm. I think that we take form into account definitely with Robbo. Uh, but I don't think he played badly. I just think that you know Higgins played well, and the fact that you know you've got to look at these games these are the longest of the season in terms of you know the pressure of playing these games the crucible uh and in effect he'd won 13 out of uh the 30 frames he played <laughs> that is an absolute you know 23 even out of the um 30 frames he played so that's quite an incredible stat in the first two rounds so to then go and only you know so, uh, sort of lose a few again would be a, a massive task particularly against uh john higgins so it was a shame that Robertson went out because I did think, really looking at the lineup, that we sort of knew that without any more shocks, which are absolutely possible at this stage, we sort of knew, yeah, Judd Trump's getting to the final. And we thought, well, I think the only player that can challenge Trump is Neil Robertson. So I think from when Robertson went out and Trump got through, we sort of thought, mm, this could be going to Judd Trump, which makes things a little bit uncomfortable from there because it just takes a bit of atmosphere out of the tournament, not really knowing who's going to win the final because. All right, we we backed Higgins, but that was more a personal thing, I think, rather than seriously. Because I think if we'd have thought about it seriously and being honest with ourselves, I think we would have said that we'd have backed Judd Trump from there, wouldn't we? Mm. So I think it was a shame that Robbo went. Um, equally yeah. a shame, I think that Ali Carter went as well, because I think that <laughs> he would have put he would have put up an interesting battle with Judd Trump. I think. Yeah, that, yeah. I don't think Gary Wilson's bottle went. I just think that. I think you it, run out of steam. It's, it's such a tiresome schedule that, as yeah. you say, you just run out of steam at one point. And, and those sort of players can only go so far. You've got to have some sort of experience. And, you know, he played against Mark Selby, Ali Carter. Again, a little bit like the whole Gilbert story. He'd beaten Brussel, uh, Selby and Carter, which are three bloody hard players to beat. And you've got Judd Trump next. The fun doesn't stop, does it? It's just, oh, my God, I've got to play against Judd Trump now. And... When you compare that to the David Gilbert against Higgins game, you know, it, it looked so easy for Judd Trump, but the Gilbert against Higgins game, well. Well, match of the tournament for me. Um, yeah. I, the, the the big session, really, was the the third session, I think. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. Gilbert dominated the first three sessions of the match. Yeah. Um, you know, it was 5-3, and then Higgins played horrifically. Some of the worst snooker I've ever seen played. Um, you know, I think he had something like a 62% pot success, and he was all at sea. And and genuinely, somebody had a, a, a thread on Twitter, you can probably find it, where he was, he was pointing out that potentially John Higgins was spot-fixing, because, uh, you know, <laughs> there was just some absolute clangers in there it was uh, you'd have to watch it to to believe it so the way he played in that session was beyond a disgrace and somehow he only came uh, came out 10-6 behind i think it was uh yeah. which you know i think that coupled with what happened the next day was was just huge um 
how on earth he got three frames out of it, I'll never know. Uh, yeah. And then they come out in the evening session. Higgins plays a little bit better, but not quite um, at the level of Gilbert. But it's 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 thirteen eleven at the end of it. Yeah. You know, Higgins is is a master at coming out of sessions with the best I can possibly get. And uh, I think he won the last two frames of the evening. I think it was eleven. Uh, 11, what was it? No, it was 39, I think. Yeah. Um, and then Gilbert probably had a couple of chances to, to put the match to bed. But, well, what happened the next the next day? That afternoon session was one of the best uh, yeah. and most dramatic sessions that, that we've ever had. Um, Gilbert looked gone uh, when they, yeah. they, they levelled up, I think, at 15-all. Then Gilbert somehow manages to go 16-15 in front. Um, Higgins, of course, pulls it back. And, and then that deciding frame was one of the best deciding frames I, I've seen, I think. Um, yeah. It just had everything. You know, Gilbert gets in first, and then he had that kick, I think, when he was on 29. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that put him out of, of position. Uh, it was horrible to watch, because I thought... If someone's going to win it, they've just got to win it at some point. It, it, it's horrible because I, yeah. I was a bit of a neutral in that match. I'm just thinking, oh my god, I can't go on for much longer. Uh, well, it was uh, Virgo said something like um, <laughs> he was like, oh, you know, the the old cliche. I don't want there to be a loser, but that's the nature of snooker. And, <laughs> um, you know, boy, it was it was heartbreaking for for Gilbert to lose the way he did. Uh, I mean, personally, I think. If Gilbert had have went through the final, I think it possibly would have been an even more one-sided victory for Trump because I just think it probably took more emotionally out of Gilbert than mm, it did yeah. Higgins. But at the same side of that, it, there was no expectation for Gilbert, would there be? Yeah, the final. I think yeah. that I think that for Trump, you're playing against John Higgins. You know, you're playing against the John Higgins. Whereas for Gilbert, you could have gone into that and. I think he could have given a closer match, but I think we've had Judd Trump played in that final. I don't think even the, the, the prime players, the best players ever on their best days would have um, would have been able to try to beat that because the way he played in some of those frames was just unbeatable, really. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. You know, the amount of times that Virgo said, Turn up! During the, during the final was... Uh, was yeah, no, but uh, I think David Gilbert has a, a, a lot to be proud of in the, in this yeah. tournament. I think he's gained a lot of new fans. And I just hope that this defeat doesn't hit him too hard. You know, I think mm-hmm. it... You know, as he said it in his press conference, it might be his only ever opportunity to get to a world final. Um, you know... Uh, Time will tell whether that is the case, but I can imagine just how difficult that that was. Because there was frames yeah. he should have won in that match, and he only needed one more to get to the final, and that's that that's gutting. But uh, yeah, um, you know, Gilbert went out as you say. The other semi final looked very very comfortable, really, on the face of it. But Gary Wilson was. Um, you know, in with a shout. I think he led. Did he lead five three after the first session? He might well um, have been. Yeah. Seems seems familiar. Because I think they were going. Oh my god, it could be. You know, I mean, there's a lot that's happened in sports in the last week, so yeah. uh, it's a bit flaky. But goodness me, um, yeah. Won't get into that tonight, but <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I think he probably was, but 
as we've said, I think he just ran out of steam by that. Point. Yeah, and, uh, and Judd was just completely on it again. It was probably, I mean, okay, he, he played well against Maguire, but I think Maguire had a bad, a bad day. But I tweeted about this actually. I'd, I'd, I'd be interested to have a little discussion with you about this. I know that people say, well, you play, you've got to play. It's irrelevant. But Judd played against players of average rank twenty-five. Mm-hmm. Higgins played against players of average rank seventeen and a half. Mm-hmm. So I think there's no doubt that we said that top half of the draw was going to be a stinker because mm-hmm. of the players that were there. Uh, whereas without Ronnie, that bottom half of the draw wasn't wasn't easy because no snooker match is easy. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I think that Judd Trump's route to the final was definitely made easier with the uh, you know with some players going out. He could have you know he could have had to play Mark Callan in the semi final, play Mark Selby. Uh, of course, might have had to play Ronnie O'Sullivan on the way. So Ali Carter, yeah. I'm not. I'm not discrediting what <clears throat> Trump's done, but I think you have to look and say, look, I think that a lot of steam was also taken out of John Higgins on the way there. Mark Davis, Bingham, Robertson, Gilbert. I, I just think unnews John We. I think those last two games, you can't. And I'm sorry, I, I don't want to be disrespectful here, but you can't compare playing Robertson and Gilbert to Maguire and Gary Wilson. I yeah, just don't I, I, no, I, I agree with you. And I think if you just look at the the number of frames that, that Trump conceded in those mm. two matches, it was 17. So, you know, yeah. um, just about, about enough. The Gilbert, yeah, literally you know, about the Gilbert, yeah, against Diggins, yeah. Exactly. Um, so, you know, we can argue it, you know, until next week that Trump had an easy route, but he had the <laughs> the the route that he that he had, and and in the final, you know, took it up a gear and then some. Really, uh, the first session of that final was Crafty. one of the single best sessions of snooker that I've ever seen. Uh, it was absolutely brilliant. It was, you know, Higgins went two nil down. You thought, oh, here we go. But then Higgins bounces back with breaks of 139, 69, uh, 101, and uh, they come out of the session for all. And you think, right, okay, we're in for a cracking final final now. They come out on the night time, (laughs) and then Higgins opens up with a 125, and you think, right, we're in for more of the same here. And then what happens? Well, Trump comes out. And he comes out with breaks of 135, 114, 71, 58, and 70 to take that session 8-1 and lead Higgins by 12 frames to 5 going into the, the second day, which is absolutely crazy, really. However, I don't think that it was, you know, perfection snooker from Trump. You know, you look at some of them frames and Higgins, it's not as if he was getting these breaks to nil. Higgins was getting in and missing and then Trump was cleaning up. You know, that, that that's the sort of thing that was happening most of the frames. Um, you know, Higgins wins two or three of, of those frames that he's lost and you've got a totally different match. But the way it went, uh, it was 12-5 and, uh, you know, going into the next day. What are your thoughts on the final at that point? Did you think it was all over 12-5? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. It was, I, I was so deflated after that because we'd seen it was 5-4 to Higgins and even at sort of 8-5 Trump, you thought, yeah, if, if it goes the right way, then Higgins can bring this back. But once it was 12-5 to Trump, you just thought, he's not going to do this because he's not going to, in effect, reverse that. 
you know, all credit to him, he, he drew the four at the third session, but that wasn't enough, you know, to I think we said that if he could maybe win that session five three or six two, that it would be it would make things competitive. But on the evening it would have been if he'd have brought that back we would be talking about never mind Liverpool beating Barcelona and Tottenham beating Ajax. We would be talking about Higgins beating John Judd Trump and that would possibly be the best comeback ever. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, Higgins obviously opened that afternoon session with that amazing one-four-seven attempt, yeah. <laughs> where he doubled that red into the corner, then missed the easiest of blacks. <laughs> but um, you know, Higgins won the opening two frames of that afternoon to close to twelve-seven, and you you were getting memories of of last year where Mark Williams was fourteen-seven up on uh, John Higgins, and all of a sudden they were at fifteen frames apiece. Um, <laughs> You know, but it wasn't meant to be. Trump again knocked in breaks of 101, 71, 126, and, and 104. Uh, and even Higgins, um, you know, knocked in a 67 and a 70. I mean, actually, looking at that session, that was probably on paper a better session than the first one. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, but people didn't talk about it because it wasn't close anymore, and it was 16-9 by the end of it. And you know, Trump only had to turn up really on the evening. Uh, Unfortunately, I think Higgins resigned himself to go for everything and uh, missed a couple of long pots and Trump cleared up. But it was it was a a very good final in terms of the standard of snooker played. I don't think it's one of the all time classics at all. Uh, I know a lot of people have said, oh, the best ever final or whatever. Yes, in terms of the, the breaks and, you know, if you were watching uh 27 frames of snooker there were probably 27 very good frames of snooker for break building but i don't think it was anywhere near as good as the 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 williams higgins final of last year um or even uh you know the the selby ding one or the selby ronnie one uh for me anyway i I prefer non-perfection snooker really uh, I like a bit of drama in there, but you know it was a very good uh, final for for Judd Trump, and and he won it in the end, eighteen nine, his first world title, and uh, cue the hyperbole from everybody. <laughs> I don't know from from a neutral's point of view, what what are your opinions on it all? You don't like Judd Trump. Wait, wait, wait. Just to make that clear to everyone, Trump fan. I'm not the biggest Judd Trump fan, um, but I think that. It was brilliant what he played. Not better than Danny Davies versus Taylor. I couldn't have put it better. Exactly. Uh, it, it, it was. It was no Dennis winning. It was. It. It was. Uh, could you imagine Judd Trump with those big glasses? Ah. Uh, no, I couldn't. No, I give couldn't. it ten years. Oh, Luca Lupi with Judd Trump. Oh, God. Uh, he'd be right, right, miserable, and then Ronnie with anyway. Um. I think Judd played very well, but I think as a whole championship. I think not as a final it was the best ever, but I think as a championship, it has to go down as one of the best ever in terms yeah, of yeah. overall, in terms uh-huh. of the shock, not in terms of the shocks we had, because while they're brilliant and it brings the little players to the front, I think the quality of snooker we had, I think, you know, just the, just the general excitement of matches, you can look at some of the early matches, Bingham and Dot, um, you know, you can look at tr- Trump against Unnu. You can look at Higgins against Bingham, Wilson against Hawkins. There's some of the most brilliant matches, and of course, even coming down to the Gilbert Higgins, there are many matches that will be fond memories, perhaps in 
championships before. We haven't had that, but you've had the you've had the shocks which have added to the excitement, and you've also had the the underdogs come through as well, which adds to the excitement. And I think Judd Trump winning it. I think to be honest, in the end, was a surprise. I think I think that mm-hmm. we can both argue that because we were yeah. very much saying, you know, it was going to be Ronnie, and then it's not Ronnie. Oh, it'd be Robertson. Yeah, but I think even bigger surprise than Judd winning it was he going to get into the final I think I have to say to be honest I think obviously after he beat Robertson he was the favourite to get there but I think early on there was no way anybody would tip him to get to the final would there really Mm. yeah I I think in that side of the draw apart from Robertson you've got you know you've got Mark Williams who I know you didn't really fancy um, I, I honestly Hawkins. thought I, I thought whoever won the Hawkins Wilson match would have would have been in the final on that side if mm. if not Robertson, um, yeah. but you know it, it didn't happen. I know you quite fancied Bingham at one point. I don't know whether that was just for the giggles, but uh, you know, um, but uh, no, um, you know, well played to Joe Trump. He he did play very well in the final. I I don't think. He was anywhere near the best player in the tournament up to that point. Um, you know, I think Joe Trump actually said him and him and John Higgins hadn't been the best players in the tournament. I think, you know, if you if you look on it on a whole, you'd probably say Robertson and Gilbert were the, the standout players in terms of just just pure standard of snooker at, at some points. Um, and Wilson actually had uh, Gary Wilson had um, some of the most sentry breaks. Uh, of any mm. player, uh, and obviously we hit the hun- the ton of tons uh, in the in the tournament. Which <laughs> honestly, I, I, I didn't. Um, <laughs> uh, I, 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 di- <laughs> I didn't expect it at all. You know, they say this every year. We get to about fifty five, sixty centuries by the end of round two, and they're like, "Oh, it'll definitely go this year." And it just doesn't. It, it usually gets to about eighty five. Um, but this year it was absolutely. Um, it was absolutely smashed, and and they, they you know they got a hundred centuries, but uh, yeah, brilliant um, from that lot. Uh, I thought Fergal O'Brien had the final. <laughs> that's, that's, but, the, uh, that's the one who's the baby face assassin, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Good old Ollie. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I was going to say Rivlud reaching three consecutive finals there. <laughs> um, John Higgins, three consecutive finals, three consecutive defeats. You have to question whether you'll ever get to another Crucible final. I think it was a bit of a push to get there this year, really. Mm. You know, arguably should have been beaten in an earlier round, but didn't. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, on to the the sort of next year or so, if you like. Do you do you think the hype around Judd Trump is is real, and and do you think that? he can go on and dominate the sport for years as the the way that people have said no <laughs> I, I no i yeah. i think that i think that people are overhyping that i think he's won the world championships fair play to him and his game is very good however there are some players neil robertson as an example you've still got ronnie who's strong Mark Selby. There are a lot of players i think at the moment that just need to get their head straight mark selby's had a poor run of form Mark Allen's had a very poor run of form. Um, there are a lot of players that are still up there, you know, respected in top 16. You've got the likes of David Gilbert coming up now, who could be a challenge. You've got Gary Wilson. Uh, but you've also got other players. And I don't think it would be really unfair to say that Judd Trump's going to go and dominate because there are so many more players that you've got to look at. 
Of course, you've got the Chinese contingent as well. Some good performances mm-hmm. from some of those players as well. Uh, yeah, I can see your Capri Sun. I'll bet 40 seconds behind on the video. So I'm glad you enjoyed your Capri Sun. Uh, but yeah, he won. He won. He all right, Rivlud. He won the Masters, but he's not going to go and dominate just because he's won those. You know, those two tournaments. That's. You could say that Neil Robertson's going to go and dominate because he's won. You could say that Ronnie's going to dominate because he won the UK and he won the two Coral tournaments, and you know. But the the fact is, Snooker isn't going to be dominated anymore because we've got all of these players that can win any tournament. You know. Yeah. Um, look at this it's not tournament. Mouse you know. Game anymore, Ex- you know. Ex- exactly. Yeah. You haven't um, got players that are there just to turn up and be beaten by these bigger players. Uh, I think there probably was a time where that was the case. But now yeah. there are 32 players that, if you look at that tournament, even the likes of Michael Georgiou are respectable players. They are very good players. But uh, Neil Roberts just had the best of it on the day. And I think there's players that could do it. And yes, Judd Trump will win more ranking events. Of course he will. But I think that he won't be the top player. I think there are there are other candidates to be the top player. Yeah. Um, I think personally, I think Salby's day's been and gone. I uh, yeah, he's that. he's down to number six now. I think it'll be very interesting to see why he does next season because if he has an equally bad season this year, he'll be out the top sixteen, which is yeah. un, un, unthinkable, really. But um, you know, going back to to Joe Trump and one of the big flaws for him, I think, with with his game, is that. You know, sometimes he's six foot off the pocket. You know, mm. with some of some of his shots, and uh, that you know catches up with you at some point. And you do, you know, Trump more than anybody, in my opinion, will be the one to get beat in the first round by Michael Georgiou, simply because if his game is not there, I'm not certain he can grind through a match. You know, I I agree, his all round game has improved a lot over the last year or so, but. He's not like a John Higgins that can get out of a session 5-3 when he should have lost it 8-0. You know, and that is going to be the difference for me with Judd Trump winning eight world championships and winning maybe two or three. That, In my opinion, at least. Um, whereas I think players like Neil Robertson, you know, Ronnie arguably, even though this tournament didn't work out for him, um, John Higgins, Mark Williams, Mark Allen, I think they all have a more consistent overall game than Judd Trump and, and are less likely to be beaten by Michael Georgiou in the first round. No no disrespect to Michael Georgiou, he's just an example, but, uh, you know, we'll see. Um... Yeah, Judd Jud is not world number one to anybody who is uh, mm. saying that. He's He's gone up to number two. Ronnie is still number one. Uh, but uh, Ronnie O'Sullivan. If you want to see the updated rankings, go on to provisionalsnookerrankings.org um, or something like that. I think that's the website that uh, I see. I think the world snooker one's always a couple of days behind. So, um, Or you could be really bored and look at every individual's uh, player's Wikipedia because that's been updated as well. Well, so if you're interested in individuals, you can look at those. There you go. There you go. So if you're in, interested in the baby-faced assassin, you can see uh, he's <laughs> ranked something like 58. I don't know. Um, but anyway, oh, picking on Michael, the sad face. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, you know, I think that, uh, it, as you say, it was one of the, the, the best world championships on the whole. I think um, there was some great stories in there. Uh 
you know, a lot of ifs and buts, and I think that's always a good thing about a tournament. Yeah. You know, if if Ronnie and Neil got to the final and everything went the way we thought it would, perhaps it would have been a boring tournament. Who knows? But uh, mm. I I don't really have much else to say on the matter. I don't know about yourself. I'm just gutted we're not going to have much snooker for a bit. I think I know, yeah. so much snooker for 17 days. Well, um, it's, it's been the last sort of, you know, eight or nine weeks we had all of the Coral yeah. Series and then China Open and, you know, the the World Championship. It's crazy, but, yeah. Sad times. But we, we've got plenty of other sports to look on to. Um, I think the podcast for the next few weeks will stay as an extra podcast because Probably. Tuesday... Isn't the best day for me at the moment, um, but in a few weeks we will get back to that classic Tuesday night live uh, formula. Unfortunately, now there's not going to be much snooker on this for a while, but I think this has been. Um, I think the last two podcasts now have been about snooker. So for the, those of you who don't like it, you will be relieved. Uh, but we've got plenty coming up. I can imagine we'll do a Premier League review uh, in a few weeks' time as well. Um, as well as you know, we've got plenty of sports content we've got a busy summer of cricket yeah uh, formula one of course we've got f1 race if they're actually any good <laughs> and then we've of course got plenty of gaming discussions which we want to have uh, plenty of those down in the pipeline and uh, those will be enjoyable so it's not just snook around here mm-hmm. so don't worry well exactly yeah so if if this is your first time watching or listening to the podcast uh then make sure you do stick about we do talk about different things usually every every other week or so um somebody just asked can judd defeat the crucible curse next year and i i don't think he can i think i think it'll be something that basically stays around forever if, you, if you're not aware what the crucible curse is toby basically since the uh the world championship has been at the crucible since 1977 no first time winner has went on to defend the trophy so the the next year well you never know you never know um but yeah uh no it's 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 been a fantastic tournament we've got a wonderful summer of sport coming up uh f1 obviously the cricket world cup the ashes um there's probably some ice hockey going on somewhere i'm sure we can (laughs) no i'm only joking um you know and we'll also uh, have gaming stuff that toby's talked about potentially the next generation of consoles might be announced very soon so i guess we could talk about that at some point but uh no we've uh we've had a good time um reviewing the world snooker championship it's all over for another year snooker's not on the bbc again until uh at the end of november slash december so you know that's no more john virgo unless you watch good morning britain this morning no more dennis taylor for a bit but uh, it will be back on eurosport in a few weeks if you're that way inclined Uh, i think actually i think the snooker world cup is on in a few weeks as well so that bizarre tournament uh will be about um but yeah, anyway, if you have enjoyed this podcast, uh, then make sure you leave a like down below. Thank you to everybody for coming along tonight. We really do appreciate it, and it's uh, it's nice to have a discussion with you guys as well. Uh, thank you, Toby, once again for being a wonderful co-host, and hopefully we'll be back on a Tuesday at some point in the future, but it's not likely to be anytime soon. So, uh, yeah, if you're watching it as a video as well, remember that we are live when we do these things. So it's, you know. <laughs> You are, but not on a Tuesday. Yeah, keep an eye on our Twitters. Um, on any day but Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, 
Um, keep an eye on Twitter uh, to, to know when we're going to be live. And obviously, uh, it pops up in your sub box a couple of hours before as well. But no, we've really enjoyed it. Thank you very much for coming along. And we'll see you for another podcast in a couple of weeks. Have a good night. Goodbye.